Welcome to Just Another Side Quest. This is a show where a couple of 30-year-olds discuss current games we're playing, thoughts on various bits of gaming news, and we'll definitely get sidetracked pretty often. We're married, some of us have kids, and a few of us work in the games industry, and a couple of us don't. We keep it casual and try to cover a wide range of games. I'm James, and tonight Randall, Aaron, and I will be discussing Cyberpunk again, Ogre Battle 64, as well as Call of the Sea. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoy. I'm Randall. And I'm James. And I'm Aaron. Oh man, it's been it's been a few weeks, guys. Welcome back. Yeah, I know. It's been a few weeks. It's a whole new year. Mm-hmm. You guys had a couple weeks off? First time recording in the new year? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple weeks off. Now we're back to work. Luckily, work was kind of wound up first week back, which was nice. Kind of got to ease well, back into things. Yeah, just a nice slower start. A little bit. Yeah, it wasn't just like day one, start making up the two weeks you missed sort of situation. So yeah, like coming nice. back from vacation, a lot of the times you show up and and you sit down first 20 minutes, you're like, oh, man, that was a nice trip. And then email, 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 phone call, people asking questions. <laughs> yeah. You go, oh, that's right. Everyone's still at 100%. Yeah, like mm-hmm. just work moved on without me. Exactly. So that was yeah. kind of nice because everyone was at that point and the amount of sympathy that just kind of like is between everybody at work. Yeah, everyone we, wants a slow ramp. Exactly. Yeah. So I think everyone at our work had uh, let their sleep schedules slide. Mm-hmm. So they were like, can we just start at 11 instead of uh, <laughs> usual time? <laughs> That's probably true. I, admittedly, mine as well. So, uh, yes, it was nice. But now, like, week number two, it's like, oh, my goodness. Okay, it's definitely three. Right, week number three now. <laughs> it's busy. It's a blur. So the last two weeks have been... Well, I was going to say week number two is when it started ramping up. And so now week mm-hmm. three, it's like... Just kind of... We're back in a flow. Yeah, exactly. You eventually got to get back yeah, there. speed. <sighs> yeah, awesome. Busy. Well, you guys have played some games. Um, it's kind of what I expected. Uh, but it, it's we can kind of close out um, what we started at the end of the year uh, with, with what you guys are playing. Man... I tried to close out, like I tried to close out what I was playing, but I did not finish Cyberpunk by the end of the vacation. And even during that first kind of ramp up week of work where it was lighter, I was able to put in some serious time, but I don't, now, is, I don't know. Is that, halfway. is that from, from like not having, not putting in the time or have you not had the, the desire to go back in? Uh, no, I've been putting in the time. Um, I've had quite a bit of desire to go back in. It has gotten better as the the time has progressed um a lot of the systems have opened up a little bit for me the story content the main missions um and some of the the side content has absolutely like blown me away with kind of the concepts that they play with a little bit it's gotten a little deeper on kind of what they've been playing with um theme wise which is cool that's what i want out of cyberpunk um, and so some of the initial so- shock of how many bugs and how kind of janky the game gets, I was worn off and now I'm like, I can't even see it cause I've just turned like tuned it out. And so a lot of it or avoided, learned how to avoid where really buggy things happen. So it's been fun. I've sunk in probably about 40 hours now, 35, um, which for me is quite a bit. <laughs> it's usually... 
I'll hit about that like 30 hour point and then completely get tired of a game. Mm -hmm. Um, Because usually they're the like 100 hour games and that's that slump that they'll fall into right when it typically hits like that the second act of the game um and now it's like kind of repetitive um with cyberpunk i have there's three kind of core mission types that have just continued to hook me there's the the main missions which are set pieces you know the huge moments in the game that everyone is going to play there's the side quests which are almost up to the same level of quality um, as the main missions. Not quite. The, the set pieces in the main missions are insane. Um, or at least they're really cool. Uh, side missions still, though, are like all of this character development. You get all the side characters. You get to dive more into the people that the game has to offer. But that's it. Like, those are the only people. That's where the, the shallowness does show up is outside of those side missions. There aren't really any... NPCs that have any sort of lasting impact but then there's gigs and the gigs are also surprisingly good and a lot of times can lead into like this weird the gigs and the side missions can completely open up into very lengthy interesting unique stories that are these little self-contained kind of things that happen or at least they feel self-contained but they also feel like more will come later so some of them are recurring some of them aren't and it's really fun. Like, it's it's addicting just to load one up on the map, fast travel over to it, and see what it's going to be. And they've done a good job of not... You can't really tell what you're about to get into. And I like the theme of the game is that you're, like, just this guy for hire. Or in my case, a guy. Uh, so it makes sense that just random people, they'll call you on your phone and be like, I got your number from this other guy. I have a job for you. Here's the pay do you take it? And then you take it. And then like halfway through, there's some sort of twist. And then you get like a moral choice a lot of times or not a moral, but get some choices as to kind of how you're going to do it. Um, so they're really fun. And just one after the other, like I keep wanting to talk to Aaron about like, Hey, Aaron. So this mission was like crazy. And it got into like all this weird memory rewriting and like, (laughs) <laughs> this company messing with these people and like it, it was like what does it mean to be human like what part of you is you compared to if your brain is a computer most of the like mostly and your memories are rewritten like how much of you is you to so some like really weird stuff but that came off of a mission that was completely seemed like it was going to be something else at the time and it turned into like a non-combat till the very end um tiny little isolated like mystery house that i walked around in and slowly this thing unfolded so examples like that uh are great and that's i think a large part of why reviewers that like blew through the pc version of the game and just played all that like core content would give this like an eight out of ten even with the bugs because you're like this is some really solid future like futurism writing on kind of some cool concepts so I've, i've been really excited about it. I'm not going to talk everyone's ears off again about cyberpunk. I, I just have one, like yeah. just the one question is what, what matters to me is now that you've gotten a little bit farther, do you feel that it's a better RPG than you gave it credit for? The question kind of being, um, you know, does it give you a lot of uh, routes for, 
for fleshing out a character? Uh, is, and is there a possibility for replay? Because as I as I had heard and you said last time, like the leveling up system, it's like, oh, 20% more damage with blades, whatever. You know, do, have you found any more variety in that? Do you feel like you're actually crafting a role-playing character in the game? Or is that, do you have kind of a J.C. Denton where it's like you can kind of choose some stuff around it, but you are going to be playing a character that goes through this world and, you know, it's not of huge consequence. Uh, yes and no. I think I, you hit it pretty well there and the same like from last time I had kind of mentioned where like the skill trees don't offer enough variety to where like I'm absolutely missing out on gameplay which on one hand i'm actually i like that i'm not going to replay the game i guess that'd be the biggest thing i don't foresee myself replaying this game without some sort of dlc down the road that gives it some injection of of content at the same time i now i'm i built out a character that uses mainly a charge sniper assault rifle or a sniper rifle um an assault rifle, and a charge shotgun. And I went far into the tech tree so that all of my smart weapons or charge weapons deal a massive amount of damage, and they all, like, shoot through the walls. So at this point, I'm overpowered. I can essentially kill bosses from, like, a different room. I just kind of point at them through the wall <laughs> and shoot them over and over. Jeez. So I'm, I'm at that point, though. Like, I'm, I'm for anybody who's playing, my street cred is maxed at 50. I think 50 is a max, at least. And then I'm level 30, which is, I feel like, decently far. I've maxed out one of the five skill trees in the game, or at least the level caps for them. Now I'm just putting perk points into it. So in that regard, I feel really overpowered in a very specific way. And I I did feel like I had all this choice in, in getting to that point. And it's now that I did, while none of it's super meaningful, I'm definitely doing things that I wouldn't have been able to do if I had gone down like a physical path and done all blades, stealth, and like punching people. I also, with this tech, I backed it up with some intelligence in the game. It's another stat so that I can quick hack people. And that's where you essentially, it's your spells. You pause the game for like, or time slows down and you spend mana, which is ram, to do spells on people, which is hacking them. So in fights now, not only am I shooting through walls and stuff, but anybody who starts to like approach me, I shut their optics down or I put them on fire or like make their brain overheat or something. So I feel like this super being because <laughs> I just look at them and then they're like, they're getting fried and then I shoot them and they're getting fried. And so there's, you know, no way around it. Um, so at the same time, there are some things that like I'm not even touching, but not because I couldn't. I could go pick up a couple, like a katana right now and run around and hit people with a blade. I'd be doing a lot less damage. I'd probably be more balanced. Um, so in that regard, like actually, I think that they handled the, the control over what you do pretty well. To their detriment, I don't feel locked out of stuff, which means replayability goes down a little bit. But also, I'd say on the the positive side is in one playthrough because i'm not super locked out of stuff i can kind of taste everything so i don't know i honestly i'm 
I'm, I feel like it's in a pretty good spot. And I don't know how you do a whole lot more unless you add more meaningful like weapon types that you just cannot use without unlocking certain things in your skill tree um, or adding more special abilities. There's a couple of them here and there. Um, so stuff like that might, just a little bit would have maybe given it the oomph to actually be a good RPG system. I think it does, it's definitely not like a, it's a few notches down or it gets, it gets knocked down a little bit because of that. On the other hand though, the choices in the game are really confusing because I don't feel like I have a lot of them at any one point. But I think that that's also because they're getting, like, I'm locked out of choices. In other RPGs, the brilliance of, like, making you replay it is showing you all the options you can't pick. That makes me think of all of my Mass Effect playthroughs, like all six of the base game that I played through because they were just constantly blotted out unchoosable options in menus because I just couldn't do it based on other stuff. So I knew it was there. But in Cyberpunk, they only ever show you what you're able able to do. And so I think for a lot of people, and even me, it makes you feel like you're not making meaningful choices. But it, I'm starting to realize like, oh, this choice that popped up requires my skill level be 16 in tech just to even have this choice. Cool. I'm going to do it. I'm obviously going to do it because it's a special choice only me with my particular level can do. But when I think about it, I'm willing to bet that every basic choice where I didn't have an option, they had cherry-picked a life path or a skill cap, some level you needed to be, and would have, if I had met the requirement, shown me that other choice. Now, how important those are, they do feel like they re-bottle, like they bottleneck back at the like the ending. So you don't have a thousand options at the it doesn't branch very well. It seems like they do a really good job of real reeling it all back in. Well that's 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 good. Do you have a lot a lot of thoughts still about the game? I know, I'm I, sorry. I, Aaron's yawning over here. Uh it, it's the wrong time of night really, for me, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of it's weird. It's in such a weird place. It it's not it's not the because everyone was saying this is going to be the best thing since New Vegas as far as an RPG goes, which I I expect it's not quite that, but at least you're finding a way to really enjoy You seem excited about it, which is a lot better than it came across last episode. So I'm looking forward to having maybe a, a, maybe a deeper dive. um, Once I'm done. When you're, when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For now, um, it's a good single player kind of branching storyline, like, action adventure more so than anything else it's working out and the storytelling is good that's the big thing everyone has been saying is good is the writing and yeah the voice acting is is well done and man the writing is like they take long silences big empty spaces stuff can breathe it's awesome that's what i found in my in my in my elder years here in my 30s for the last (laughs) week um yeah I, I seem to like because um, I kind of went through an indie phase last year, and I'm starting to want cinematic, more more cinematic. Uh, you could call it like heady yeah. games because um, I liked when I went through like uh, oh Quantum Quantum Break was something that they that they made that was a kind of a, a 
an action game, a third person action game with like time dilation powers. But mm-hmm. every couple of levels, you would choose a path for this quote unquote television show to take. Uh, and there would be a completely different set and it would, it was branching paths and you could make big changes in who lived and who died throughout the, the story. Interesting. Um, hmm. Which was, again, the game was, the game itself was a six or seven out of 10. It was fine. Um, I think it was a remedy uh, that made it. So, I mean, decent chops. Same people that made control. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, okay. Uh, but it was originally an Xbox exclusive. I don't know if they lifted that, but they spent lots of money on the cutscenes and the mocap. Uh, but like, I like that where it's it's trying to not make it a television show because uh, then that's Kojima, but <laughs> something kind of in between where where they they work at telling a story. Um, yeah, the just using games as a medium for something a little. To deliver to deliver a good gameplay. story, yeah, yeah. That's um, also I feel like I'm. I either want Apex like in its purest form gameplay mm-hmm. or storytelling, something way more relaxed. I've definitely gone a lot lighter as well on the games that are somewhat relaxing but also really challenging. Like that isn't a category for me anymore. <laughs> yeah. So what I've been playing is kind of kind of to that. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a game that came out just uh, uh, in mm, I think late November um, of 2020 called Call of the Sea. Uh, it's from a, a smaller developer. I think this is their first uh, big game, uh, but uh, they're either owned by by Microsoft. Um, but it was developed by Out of the Blue, published by Raw Fury. These are both companies I don't have any familiarity with Sounds like it came out of the blue but it's it's kind of a revamp of the old did you ever play like monkey island or day of the tentacle like the lucas arts games no Mm-mm. i have not but i know that games of that ilk how, how about mist or do I've you have a, a passing mist i've never played it but i've seen game i know what mist is like yeah, so it's a, it's I'm what it is. I'm going to play in VR at some point here because it just came out in VR. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. You just make sure VR, I don't know, because you need to take notes, physical notes. Oh. Uh, right. It's yeah. very, very tough puzzle game. Takes uh, some of it's a little uh, obscure, but I'm going to read their their own description of the of the game just in a sentence because I think it, it condenses yeah. it. Call the Sea is a first-person adventure puzzle game set in the 1930s, tells a story of Nora, a woman on the trail of finding her missing husband's expedition. So you start very much, you know, in in the body of, of this woman, and it slowly kind of leaks information uh, about, you know, your motivations and where you are and why. And there's a lot of uh, picking up journals and reading and taking mental and sometimes physical notes um, and a lot of deduction, a lot of just kind of walking around, looking at, um, at the scenery and, you know, signposts from a bygone era, uh, you know, an unknown civilization that has, um, like, uh, doors and elevators oh, made yeah. of stone that are kind of, you know, how did they get this to work? 
classic Indiana Jones stuff. Very, this is very Indiana Jones to me. Yeah. Um, it's got a beautiful art style. I think it's yeah, a gorgeous it really game. Pretty. Yeah. And I'm just playing on a uh, Xbox One, not an S, not an X, not a Series X, Xbox One. And it looks really good on a 1080i TV. So yeah. I'm looking forward to upgrading and um, seeing this in 4K because I will say I have a frame rate issue. That makes me a little nauseous when I play it. Oh. Um, hmm. game, games are now pushing so hard for that, that being locked at 1080i and 30 frames is... Uh, is becoming a actual problem for playing some games. Um, yeah, but this is, it's still a, a beautiful game. It's too. kind of, would you call it a low poly aesthetic? No, no, um, no, but it's, I mean, artsy. I don't, but, yeah. Aaron, what is it? It's kind of a low texture. Like it's not super, super detailed. It's not realistic. Yeah. It's not hyper realistic. It, it, the, the textures aren't necessarily hyper realistic, but, um, are they almost trying to do cell shading, but not cell shading? There, there's a, like that. I feel that vibe a little bit, but I'm sure Aaron knows. Aaron's the the artist. I'll let her. <laughs> I should know. Like I, I wish I had a, like a, a distinct art style to refer from. Um, but I actually only have an artist that I'm thinking of. That's a tech artist. So like they work on shaders and stuff. And I'm like looking at the waterfall. Like looks a lot like this person's work. Um, but the, the vegetation doesn't. Uh, yeah, I will say that some of it kind of has like some elements, background, foreground and moving things have not a different art style, but definitely differentiation. So it doesn't blend together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I think it really I think it really works. But the games, the game's a lot of fun to I've been playing with my wife because um, uh, I first I just asked her a question on a couple of the puzzles. And then a few minutes later, uh, she's sitting down asking questions and pointing, go over there. So for those who are familiar with Myst, um, it was all kind of snapshots. And then you would click somewhere and it would, uh, like how VR teleports, uh, it would kind of do that, kind of a Carmen Sandiego level of go over there. And then you get, get kind of a different perspective or a different room. But you can kind of get a little turned around and disoriented, or at least I do, in Myst. And this is a full movement uh, first person adventure game. There's so far, there's been no combat. There's been uh, nothing that requires any um, dexterity. Any amount of speed, like time is not. Yeah, when you walk, it's extremely slow. Uh, You can use a a trigger or a button to quote unquote sprint, Um, but that just helps you kind of traverse because there is some distance traversal just because the world is big enough but like i don't know how big the game is i don't know how big the island is it's definitely not an open world it is very uh it'll it but it gives you multiple paths to search around and find clues for the next puzzle uh and it did so far it's given me enough information to be able to complete puzzles we stopped because it was simply eleven thirty and we were tired but we were not stuck by any means. We had actually just opened up a new thing and there's some supernatural, almost voodoo element to it that comes up. And that's not really a spoiler. It's it's because it's, it's right at the front of the game. It gets a little trippy and then brings you back to reality. And it's, if I could play a game in, in, uh, 
VR. First, I'd want to play Super Hot. Then I'd want to play this. Oh, okay. I wonder mm-hmm. if it is in VR. It, it's available on Steam, so possibly. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, again, it, it cool. seems like a small developer, so yes, maybe, maybe, maybe not. not. It's a little harder. Um, but I, I do think it would work well for VR. Um, I don't know about the movement, but if you could probably teleport like they do in in Doom and many other games, and yeah. I mean, if Alex, if Half Life Alex works, this should work too. Yeah. So how how far into it are you? Just a couple hours. Yeah, we're we're two and a half hours in. Uh, hard to tell how long the game is, um, but you know, how, however long it is, it's it's already been been worth it. I don't know what price point they're asking. Uh, let me let me check and see because I don't know if it's a sixty dollar game. I have it on on Game Pass as as usual. It's, so it's yeah. it's a twenty dollar game. So I don't expect okay. it to be super long. It's twenty dollars yeah, yeah, on Steam. Five hours would be impressive i think if they if they're constantly throwing new content at you as far as environments and stuff uh, there's lots of puzzles uh and the the soundtrack i think i feel is good but i would i would want you to to hear the the soundtrack and the environment uh sounds to tell me nowadays i've been really impressed like games don't come out with really really bad soundtracks very often now i mean unless it's like a really tiny production or has no desire to have music um anything artsy nowadays just with the advent of computers and the price point of production equipment coming down yeah which yeah. is nice and because they they offer a soundtrack and a uh, art book uh in oh, in, cool. in a bundle with the game nice nice um so I that have to check this one out that's been fun i'm definitely going to finish this um, there's like some gadgets that come in that are really interesting. And, you know, I hope so to see more from out of the blue. Cool. Uh, like progression in that so far in your two hours, like it's just constantly kind of, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been, with the, the heavy I haven't been stuck. Like we're stuck on one thing, but we can kind of tell that it's talking about a certain, you know, again, it's not a spoiler, but I don't want to push. I don't want to push it, but there's something that comes up um, that is kind of a material that um, somehow works with something with a machine. And we're like, oh, we don't have they, they made it very clear that we don't have enough information to know what to do. Yeah. But it's enough to pique our interest to go, OK, there's some loose ends here that we can fill in the blanks. And so we go do something else that fills in more blanks. And so they do a good job of motivating you to continue on uh, and push forward. Hmm. So, so far um, call the sea has been very fun uh, for me. And it's, it's, it's good for someone who, you know, uh, especially like a nonviolent game so far it's, it's, there's no one but you. It's just you. It is, is fully exploratory. It is, um, you know, doesn't doesn't tax you controller wise. Um, a game that comes to mind that's similar is The Witness. Yes. That I played some of. Yes. Um, from a few years ago. But that one was so pure on the puzzling. And it was essentially a mini game inside the main game where those puzzles were like on their own little 2D screen. 
um, that like I started hitting a wall because the puzzles got really hard at certain points and it was kind of hard to tell sometimes if it was a puzzle you needed to come back to or if you could solve it immediately because sometimes you'd need to learn info somewhere else on how to do the puzzle. Um, but I started getting tired of that one because it was just the same. My brain was getting activated like the exact same way. It was like doing a 100-page or 300-page Sudoku book in like one yeah. sitting or whatever. And so by like page 50 or 100, I was like, I'm done with these. I'm, I'm kind of tired of doing these little 2D puzzles. Yeah, this this doesn't seem to to have that. And I did look up the time to beat, and the main story is six hours, and completionist is seven and a half. Hmm. Okay. So, so you're in your third. Oh. As, as it is with me, a very metabolizable game. Uh, so I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a third to a half in. So that, that feels about right. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm going to have to check this one out. Call the C. Yeah. More. It's on uh, PC yeah. and uh, Microsoft stuff. Um, yeah. Hopefully it gets a wider release, but it's a good start. Um, so I haven't finished that either, but uh one of us three has actually finished a game. So we're going to... For once. Yeah. Someone's finished a game. I'm trying. Please, please, uh, let us live vicariously uh, through your success. I managed to beat. It was so hard. The old Ogre Battle 64 on the N64. <laughs> it's not like I haven't beat it before, guys. <laughs> so yeah, Second no. playthrough? Third? fifth or seventh oh my goodness <laughs> in okay. my lifetime like i yeah. played it like at least two to three times as a kid to teenager the last time i played it outside of this one was in college like i returned to this game probably every three to five years it's just like i've liked this game can i still play it yes i can i'm gonna play it it's just it's nice to come back to this nostalgia for me and I actually, I, like, I still will have the book, the guide, the guide for it. Nice. As well. Is it look um, really it's, worn? Oh, it's so worn. There's it's missing pages. Apart. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And you had like a, speaking of like making notes and stuff, you had like a notepad out. You were I like did. writing some information <laughs> down just to, you know, save you a few menu clicks. Yep. I, I got to a point where I was like, oh, I didn't realize how behind my levels were. I want to just do a, a training sesh. But training sessions don't tell you how they tell you when your characters level up. They don't tell you what your characters level up to. So if you aren't keeping track of that, and that's what I, I had my notepad out for, was it's like, I'm going to do this and play egg ink at the same time. One finger is on the egg producing button, the chicken producing <laughs> button. The other one is on the N64, N64 controller, mindlessly going through the menus and then watching whenever it says level up. Okay. And they're not at level 35. They're 36 now going 36 to 37 it's like okay like that kind of thing and then having to go back to double check did i actually get it right because sometimes if not if your character dies during a training they don't get to level up all those fun details that i absolutely adore so, so. are you are you power gaming this uh, or do you do like do you do a completely different run each time or do you i so Usually I'm casually a casual doing it. So I'm just like kind of kind of going back to it. I play it however I want. I have I know there's certain characters I can get and 
but usually by the time I, because it's, it is consistently for me 50 to 60 hours to play through this because I'm not trying to rush through the game. I'm playing it because it's fun and easy. I say easy. Um, it's, it is a fun, relaxing game for me. And when I am, and admittedly, sometimes those hours are buffed, buffered by like 30 minute wait times of me. Like, Hey, I did get distracted by my phone and it's just running right there in front of me, but I'm on my phone instead. And so there might be a couple hours of extra room, which is why I give that like 50 to 60 hours, even though my runtime, both this save file and the save file from college says 59 hours and 60 hours as the as the save time before the last mission. So. But you, are, uh, you look like you were somewhat power gaming it in that. I did. You're definitely using the guide might be i doing a little bit of shenanigans i might be doing money. shenanigans i might be yeah i might be doing it for the power trip okay yeah, the power trip. hey that's gotta feel powerful that, that's that is, is part of the reason i enjoy the game uh it is is to just see things get wiped off the board with two guys <laughs> um with your super units yes but um and then i did try to go as long as i could without using uh the in-game money cheat and uh, the guide itself. I was kind of curious how much information it actually gives compared to what I now know as a kid, it was great. It gave me enough information for whatever I could, but now I'm like, it doesn't actually tell me like the hard stats I need to know for me to get a character from this character st- type to this character type. It's like, and so you got to go online. So I have to go online to forms that are 10 years old, but still only, 10 years old only 10 years old they they were playing the last they were running the last time i played this game that's crazy how does the game hold up now so since college you know been a few years story-wise gameplay-wise still i still thoroughly enjoy it i think i enjoy the story more because i have since the last time i've played it i i've become a game developer so i have an understanding of what goes into game development and looking at how things are made and also the stories that get written, I have a better understanding of like, hey, this makes for a better story versus this. I I think it's even better now um, than it was then. I have a better appreciation for everything that's going into it, at least. Um, probably too many menus and there's ways that it could have optimized that, but it was also made in 1999. So there are so many menus, but it's still good. Good to know. It's a fine wine. Yes. Um, it is It is a N64 1999 creation <laughs> yeah it does look like gobbledygook on the screen sometimes <laughs> just various shades of dark green and brown with yeah some yeah tiny looking people however the stylization so. i think the art style has held up better than in my opinion uh super mario or mario 60 is it mario 64 that's the 3d one yeah, yeah that's the first yeah, 3d yeah. yeah so that game does ogre battle does something though i think which is similar to what Heroes of Might Magic did, which is it took 3D renderings and, well, it took 3D assets and rendered them into sprites. Yeah. I think. So, like, that, they ended up being 2D in-game, so the game isn't even making the polygons for the thing. Like, it's still just, it's the 2D images yeah. in sprite form. Um, and that's where I th- I think that there was a nice art push to do that for a while right mm-hmm. when 3d was really trying to 
look cool and all the 3d stuff actually kind of faltered and has not aged at all well compared to some of the fake 3d i use air quotes here and the nice thing right now or actually for me is because i do have that that book guide the hard book uh is that I can pull that out and it has pr- it has those 3D models printed in it, so I can tell what they are supposed to look like when they're all nice and polished. <laughs> oh, like the nice looking versions? Yeah, there's the nice looking versions. It's like, hey, this is what they actually look oh, like cool. when they're not pixelated on a screen that's way too big for what this game was yeah. meant to be uh, yeah, portrayed that's on. Yeah, very fair. Yes, it should have been 30 inches smaller. Yes, <laughs> like it helped your imagination a little bit then, huh? So that it, the little fuzzy. Knowing what they were supposed people. to look like, and then also like, like these are characters that were created initially. Even their three D models don't have mouths or noses; they just have eyes. It's <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> and like, the, and then they and they use portraits to get across the emotions. They do a great job with their dialogue boxes of just like getting that stuff across. So I still feel like these characters are characters mm-hmm. so that I can get behind and I can understand. And I can just like, and so I think it holds up well. I am very biased, obviously, because I've played it five to seven times in my lifetime. Yes, that's fair. Same with how when I'm like, here's my magic still looks so good. And then you look at it and you're like, this looks like garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, There's no. a nostalgia factor. Yeah. Nostalgia. So, this is my heroes and my magic, though. <laughs> and yeah. eventually, I don't want to try playing it on the Wii. I know you. Wii U, I think, is what you mentioned before that yeah. it had made it um, on back onto. It's like I don't know what, if I want to play that because I'm so attached to the 64 version. I don't want to see it spruced up in the same way. And I'm not sure how much sprucing there is, but like I like I would be interested in seeing. And but I understand your reservations. But I I can pick out of my head two really good updates that have happened over the last couple of years, including the. Uh, tony hawk games like that was well done so you know mm-hmm. if that was able to you know do the original charm without a hateful controller that would be something worth looking into i would think that was more cool. more a stab at the n64 controller than anything else but <laughs> i'd love to see here's my magic 3 just like refurbished i mean it does have an hd mod that's the thing so here's my magic even has an hd mode. putting love into the game still mm-hmm. and then like a really cool russian modding team that are fixing it but i could see this like someone taking it ogre battle and updating the visuals for it just to make it really nice looking but i'm a little attached to the mechanics and even if they are a little bit old and if it was this was made now it, it would be like like no why would you make this now i'm attached and I, I don't know how, I recognize, I don't know if I would be able to make that transition well to a new game without losing one of the two games, either yeah. the new version or the old version. Yeah, and What's interesting is uh, the game has, which maybe a couple years ago this would have, that it has fallen out of, just by watching you play, it's definitely fallen out of the game design circle because um, a lot of it is happening without your input. Like a lot of the game is you set it up and then watch it play itself. Mm-hmm. But now that we've got auto battlers, it's that true. Have suddenly made kind of this in the last two years, kind of this surge of auto chess type games. It might 
be able to retain most of its like gameplay designs underneath it's true it could it could uh hold up to because of the auto battle the chat auto chess stuff yeah I could, I could see them doing a lot of uh, stuff like they did with uh, the Pokemon Go uh, Let's Go series where they tried to, you know, add in stuff from the older games that people liked better. Because I know uh, after Ogre Battle 64, there was another one because um, mm-hmm. it's a, a longer series. I wonder if they would try and kind of pick out pieces that they knew people liked and add them in and try to simplify the menu tax that was so you know in my opinion egregious on those games just try and make that a little more straightforward that's what i would see them doing if they did any type of of a redo other than just a straight up we updated the art assets to work in high def and i I wonder if that would take away some of the charm for you i don't know i it could be a very fun exercise of redesigning my old my my most loved game from one of my most loved games of my childhood having being forced to redesign that. Now I kind of want to do that there just as a test of like if I could actually have fun with that and find something I would be satisfied with. Well, I mean, that hmm. that's always an idea. You could probably uh, see about, you know, doing your own in your, in your spare time, seeing if you could update the sprites and, and make them HD, you know, Oh, there's so much. I don't even want to. No. <laughs> there is a lot. I I might know how to create art, but I don't want to be a part of the modding side of things on any kind of game. Yeah, that, that, like, I, that could be a lot. It, it is so much work. I have a lot of respect for people who do that. I just don't have any motivation for it myself. I get that. It's like, so it, it's an odd, like, on the, mo- I don't know, it's modding. It's something for me. It's just like about, uh, it's like, hey, you have this original game and there's some other things that are really cool about this. Actually, I think the only thing I've ever technically modded was bringing in my own custom skin for Minecraft. I don't know if that counts as a mod. I mean, technically you had to mod Minecraft in order to do that. So I think, right? No, then Minecraft supports it, I think. Oh, it does? You didn't even like install Optifine or anything on your Minecraft copy? Oh, uh, well, okay. I have actually done a couple. I, I've done, I've installed mods. I haven't made any of oh, my own mods own. is okay. what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so like, I don't know if it, like what I just described anyway counts as a mod. <laughs> it's like, technically, eh, probably. technically I made my own skin no. for my character. So now when I go in, I have something that's actually feels unique to me. Probably barely it counts the counts it counts so i have installed mods before just i don't do it very often because i don't want to have to deal with things going crazy or if i mess it up because i i know i broke a game rule technically well don't they say mod it till it breaks yeah well then i or i just i don't want to do that maybe that's just skyrim <laughs> skyrim's got some yeah, that crazy mods yeah yeah. Uh, so, I mean, going off of that, we today wanted to talk about a little bit of how back in the day we had cheat codes. Mm-hmm. We had these, you know, player guides. We had all those Prima official strategy guides from back mm-hmm. in the day. Which, and now. Which, Aaron, you, have... you used one for uh, Ogre Battle, right? 
Yes, I did. Yeah. Funny enough, one of the things is wrong. One the char- it, t- it says one character technically uh, is supposed to be the more powerful version of another. It's not. It's the other way around. And I had to find this out because it w- I was looking at the internet. It's like, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. Everyone on this form is saying that this character is a stronger one. And the book says it's this one. I have no idea if I need to evolve this thing or not. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of other times I might have hit a wall in some game because the information was wrong. Though I, yeah. I can't remember. I don't think yeah. those guides. I don't think I've had a walkthrough do that before. Like really stopped me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we go from like guides to internet forums. Mm-hmm. Essentially, our guides are now online and then we have dlc day one patches day 20 patches day 25 patches month two patches so guides are like immediately outdated by by patches that like fix out problems or correct broken quests that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um into nowadays you know dlc or those cheat codes that would have gotten you content back in the day are now something you purchase in game mm-hmm. to get especially you know well, something like GTA then let let's start at the back end and work our way forward um <clears throat> what was your first like just think back as far as you can what was your like oh, either yeah. your first strategy guide or game you use strategy guide or um uh you know the first time you remember in inputting a cheat code into a game <laughs> for both Pokemon with the game shark. Pokemon, which one? Uh, Gold and silver, I think. I use the guide for yellow, obviously. Obviously. Because, but uh, if you got the game shark, you could get, a, you can put in a code. I think it's the game shark thing that you attach to your, your Game Boy. Yeah, that's the physical, could, physical uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, the physical one. You could wow. do that and you can get all three starters. Oh. At the beginning oh, of like the game. it breaks the game. So it's essentially a mod for it back was, in the day. It was right? a cheat. Like that's essentially what oh, it is. A oh, mod, yeah. a thing. That's I cool. can't yeah. one of the two, so that was my first one. <laughs> so it's been there all my whole life. No, I just That's funny. Cool. Uh I'll go. I'll go. Because I Randy, <laughs> you're part of the this situation. So I remember what was that website? There was a website back in the day. There was two. There was Cheat Planet and Cheat C C or C C Cheat or something. Okay, I remember Cheat Planet. Yeah, that's what I remember. Some, I think, for like Tony Hawk games, Mm -hmm. and I think a couple other older kind of arcadey type games. uh, You know, printing off a a page (laughs) off the internet or like writing down. You know, it was some of those games had way too many. I even remember looking them up for Heroes of Might Magic. Um, I remember to this day that they were they were all Matrix themed because that was the year the Matrix came out. I think was when this was released or the second Matrix. And then I remember Age of Empires. That was a big one. Cheese Steak Jimmy's. Uh, rock on, rock on. Robin Hood. Yeah, what was the yeah Robin Hood? That did, one. Did, did Rock on? Was that the one with the car? No, the car one was Vro- something. Was else. it was it was something like Vroom Vroom? It was like Vroom Vroom, something like that. Oh, what was it? Bobo the Monkey Boy. Oh yeah, that's another one. Yeah, so Something I remember those, right? Like just that that pile of where every game had hidden content. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. that's what's crazy to me to think about that they put that like little Corvette model in Age of Empires that would only ever be 
there's like found by the cheat or i guess by the i guess you can put it in during the custom editor but like yeah because it's so it's a little random. blue and white ac cobra that its doors cobra, okay. flap open and close and it throws like bullets and it just yeah, it's got like two james bond machine guns inside the and i, I remember like this this is great it was great and crazy and just great and you just you just copy paste yeah. and keep hitting enter and copy paste enter oh, copy yeah. paste enter oh, and they just yeah. keep showing up and spawning and then you just yep. send them all out. When you get frustrated in one of the matches, that's that's what you do. Oh yeah, you never lose Age of Empires. You just get to the point where you start cheating. Yes, I, I have a, I have <laughs> a lost a game in a long time. Yeah, yeah. There's no exactly. need. I will say though. So I'd mentioned you. So those are like there's that pile of pile of games like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember Fable One. You coming over because I was having a hard time with it, and you had the strategy guide, and we're walking through like the werewolf section in that game or when you fight the oh, like werewolves let me let me see if I, I can just find try, it. I, it wasn't even me cheating it or the bear wolf using the it starts with a b for them well bowerstone is the bowerstone is the name of the of the town like a town yeah. i know but uh they don't call them werewolves in that game no, they call right. them everything's something weird i i'm looking it up because like i need to know because i played that game too and it was too yeah. good so anyway that's my memory that's my first one was Randy actually with his Prima strategy guide for Fable, um, walking through it for me. Is it in the, the... Balverine? That's what it's called. Yeah, Balverine. Yeah, I just remember that was visually on screen at the time that my memory mm-hmm. is connected to was him fighting a couple of those. But we were like trying to get through like the swampy woods section or something, and he was helping me. Yeah, it's the one that, that was bad. I can't remember what triggers it or not, but one of your guys you're escorting you through got bit and you don't know if he'll actually turn into a balverine or not by oh. the end of the mission yeah 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 that was oh that was so good and so, i've played through that a couple of different times too and it sometimes i he didn't and sometimes he did i still i don't know what triggers it what what conditions have to be met for him not to, not to turn i think that was part of probably what the strategy guide was being used for too was to like figure out what those conditions are mm-hmm. yeah and are it, it tells you everything i i'm literally holding the fable one prima official strategy guide in my hand yeah um we have all of ours in a box yeah yeah um and i can't remember if we have fable one i know we have the fable two art book and i think we have fable three strategy guide i believe i have i wouldn't be surprised so that might be the one that you're visualizing yeah it's super super nice it has all the all the information and the walkthrough and yeah i mean it tells you how uh like the hairstyle that you can unlock, it's it's got cost, what it changes mm-hmm. for your attractiveness or scariness or alignment, um, you know what? where you can acquire it. Like it's got there's everything. And this is, I remember we looked through and we kept deciding, uh, you know, what weapon, uh, you know, how many attunement slots does it have, or what attunements did it come with it, and you know, picking mm-hmm. armor sets and weapons, like levels in advance and knowing we were working towards that it helped us have a like a sense of purpose of what we were driving towards more than just what the weak story kind of gave us that i think is true of almost all the guides particularly ones that were rpg based Mm -hmm. like even ogre battle like looking at it now the reason i use that guidebook is to remember like how many characters are actually possible for me to use to build up my team and it, even though it doesn't tell me the exact stats, which I'm thinking that probably something that slowly got added in as a standard over time, by the, especially by the time Fable came around, 
because um, mine doesn't have stat stuff in it. It's just descriptions of the characters and their type. Yeah, this is um, a 160-page uh, guide. I think mine's 90 max. Yeah, and it fables and, a much shorter game. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, too. But, like, what it does is, like, it, like, actually the one character I realized that I had the misprint about is, like, hey, I know I can get this character if if I meet certain things. But which one of, like, knowing I can get this is, like, something I can look forward to. And then I had to do the extra stuff on the internet to supplement that information. But, yeah, no, I... Uh, I I never stuff. would have beat Pokemon Yellow without my guidebook. No way. <laughs> the, the, think, the map makes no sense. <laughs> I think I would have, but purely because I had my brother. Oh, yeah, there you who go. Is, who's two, uh, two and a half years older, so just as a kid, he's always smarter than me because developmentally-wise, he's two and a half years older. Mm-hmm. So he was going to be able to help me no matter what. And he had the guidebook himself, so. Yes, that's also <laughs> true. Yeah. And if he didn't... Uh, it does make you think, though, you know? Um, it's like, how legitimate is a, a childhood playthrough of some hard game that is considered, like, obtuse nowadays? It's like, kids would not get through it. Back in my day, <laughs> we played Pokemon Yellow. Or it was very confusing. And then, oh, right. Yeah, but I don't... A couple I of don't, us might have had guides. A couple of us might have. I don't want them right? confused. I like that Walker, you know, my, my six-year-old's able to play Let's Go pikachu and it's it's easier for him because it is more streamlined it does hold your hand the menu makes sense you don't have to Mm -hmm. deal with the stupid boxes at the stupid computer in the stupid uh uh uh, pokemon hospital it's ridiculous trying to uh, oh is is it in box one or box two changing to box two wait 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 open it up nope he's not in there either (laughs) someone has some (laughs) some feelings about the old guy yeah uh yeah, it is interesting, too, how I think game design cushioning players has kind of negated some of or softened the need for strategy guides. We're just not... If the game is going to be so open and confusing to the degree of, like, you need to just go figure it all out, it succeeds when it does Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And it's like it relishes in the fact that there's no direction or it's, you know, compared to Ocarina of Time where the directions are very confusing at times and you have to run all over the place to try and piece together certain things. Um, I had a very hard time playing that as an adult even because of some of the like what I would assume. But then the game devs meant something else by these like flowery words they use to explain where you need to go next. And I'm like... <clears throat> And then someone else is like, oh, of course you go up the mountain. I'm like, I, I was about to disagree with you, but you made a really compelling point because, I mean, the the other thought behind that is, well, no one buys strategy guides and Prima went out of business, sadly, um, because you have the internet forums, you have yes. Reddit, you have all of these places. Like you can just, just internet search any question you have and there will be a hundred uh, answers for someone's already asked that question many times, but mm-hmm. I think that you are right. Cause when I, when I'm thinking back to the games I've played over the last two years that I looked up and had to follow a strategy guide, I'm thinking of Ocarina of time. I'm thinking of, um, 
um, even something like uh, Banjo Kazooie, you know, where there's collectibles hidden around. Um, yeah, and it's purely time is what they expect you to spend to get the the item. Yeah, that's ne- their never punish me with time. And that's it. Ultimately, that is really as a game designer the only thing, the only real lever you have to pull on someone as far as making a meaningful choice in a game is time. That's ultimately the only thing you can. That's the only punishment that there is. So the only way to actually make consequences is to instill some sort of time penalty. Yeah, but with Banjo-Kazooie, it's, you know, 15 minutes into this level, you've got all the content, but you're going to be here another hour. And that's the, I think we've come a long way, and that's, you know, the controversial opinion. I think that there is still a group of people that want it hard, and so... We've got stuff like Dark Souls that exists for that, mm-hmm. that remains obtuse um, purposely and does so well in more modern circumstances. But then all the other games have kind of scraped that out, all that time padding. Because ultimately, I mean, you play an older game, it feels like padding. And so now they can they try and get rid of that padding in the same way. Because you're right, I don't want to walk around the same level for two extra hours or something trying to find the, that, the two random. That's what I like about RPGs is I refer to it as optional padding um, mm-hmm. where, it, you know, the answer is it's just another side quest to do, but yeah, yeah. you know, I, I see that as optional padding. I can make um, fallout. I can beat fallout in 10 to 15 hours. If you really, you know, burn <laughs> who, through, you know, you you beat Skyrim in eight hours or 10 hours. Yeah, you can. You can speed run the game yeah. or you can play it for a hundred hours. It's you kind of decide how long it's going to be. And mm-hmm. I really like having either having that or having something like The Last of Us or Gears of War, where it's this is a story that we're going to tell you over the next 20 hours you know, and I like no it when they say end of act one or, you know, they make it somehow make it clear, like, you know, end of chapter one of 10 and let me kind of gauge where I'm at. Or, you know, it gives you in the main menu, it tells you you're 66% through uh, the main story. And, uh, you know, I'll say Assassin's Creed is actually really good about showing you how far you have to go and how far you've gone through and where you can go back to complete more like the original and the Ezio collection. They show a, a line of bars that you can kind of track your progress and know, Oh, I can, I can make this game a yeah. little longer. Um, or, you know, I can just, you know, boogie through and you, you know how much content you've missed. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Something I am, I'm thinking about, too, on strategy guides. And uh, this is probably still true. Uh, but the idea that, like, talking about the overall grand, like, distance that you are going to tr- go through in a game, in a strategy guide, even for single-player games, but, you know, back in the day that were more story-driven, I could utilize a strategy guide for it'd be like confusing on trying to get through something like Ocarina of Time. And it was hard to tell or gauge 
at what point you were. And so that I think Aaron had also mentioned like the strategy guide, or I think you did Randy on like, they kind of give you some perspective as to, or goals that are outside mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the game, giving you goals. And nowadays, or at least games are a little, they're different in how they approach things. And they try to keep goals very viewable and in front of you and there's immediate so that you don't need a you don't really want to go open a guide or you wouldn't go on youtube or google a complete run through of the game that you're about to play to try and figure out what like where the temples are or where these like specific things are that you Mm -hmm. need for each of those temples or whatever like the game is going to do a better job nowadays of stringing along the content that you need to get through it without well like it'll be in game they'll tell you like at least the core places to go the core concepts that you need and not you know have them remain quite as obtuse again i go back to ocarina of time because that one's more fresh i played that in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and didn't even get through it because it just it takes a lot of time yeah it, it, it has some of those it doesn't deliver. very obscure you know pieces of information you have to figure out what they mean by and then you know run around and so some of that you know just it can eat some time but nowadays even cyberpunk is a good example of just the the game is constantly stringing me along it's got percents up at the top i actually don't like percents as much but it does tell me where my story percent is um across the top of the screen and then it gives me all my things to do so i've got lists and to some degree that's also bad i think that there's another side where it's it's more fun when there isn't that Breath of the Wild's a good example of just some really basic lists. You got four divine beasts, and you got big baddie in the middle. You should get the four divine beasts to beat the baddie in the middle. That's a nice easy. You don't even need. You can just look on the map and see how many you have. Yeah, but at least you have you have some idea. Like yes, but yeah, right. They still designed the story around being able to. In your mind, you still have a checklist that you're able to to check off and more modern games give you give you something um yeah. do you guys have anything else on um walkthroughs uh before we kind of touch on cheats and mods a little bit i'm glad we're returning to that because i've had a game in mind that i want to talk about with the next section yeah. no i got okay go I'll, I'll why don't you lead off Aaron? i don't need this you've, you've got something chambered and ready to go let's let's go for it yeah you guys talked about a, uh age of empires with the car and how they put it in the game, but you had to use a specific kind of cheat to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The game that for me has always had cheats and the game was like created with these cheats in mind. Like it was like it changed, like it changes how you play the game is the Sims. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about that. That was another one I used to. It's like they put these things in there and they can, cont- and they keep them in there intentionally. So that way the player can play the, the game so many different ways. They are like Sim, uh sim players are, are there's like i think i've l- looked at lists at what different types of sim players are called like there's the builder there's the character creator there's the re- uh real life only kind of player there's the cheater only there's the person who plays just to kill everyone is like isn't that because of the is, which is that's og dlc right like it's pre-baked in but they knew that once you beat the game and you ran out you'd start you know, There's, trying to hoover around anywhere you could, and they would you would find that sort of 
that sort of back of the book stuff, isn't that kind of the developer putting DLC in before the sale? It, yes, maybe, but also, how do you do? How do you beat The Sims? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is one of the few games that like benefits greatest from just like the infinite money sort of thing. No, I don't. You beat it whenever you feel you beat it, or yeah, you, know, you beat it when you stop playing it. Maybe and, some people never beat it. And so I was thinking about cheats, and I was also thinking, I well, I personally haven't played through Skyrim. Because I know if I got sucked into it, I would get sucked into it and I would do nothing else with my free time. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine it's like like that one is like I don't, maybe not the first one like with the modding. But now my understanding is Skyrim, at least with the Elder Scrolls and particularly Skyrim, like the modding community itself is so big. The that- Bethesda, Bethesda games have a very large modding fan base because mm-hmm. I think one, the engine is the same between them and so it becomes easier and the games are just really really prone to that stuff yeah totally i mean fallout new vegas just got the biggest mod of its existence i think there was a news article i read new, new reno two days ago or is that for fallout 2 uh i think that, that, that that's fallout 2 that's my fault never mind the winterlands or something it looked all snowy it's like a huge mod that some like mod team put together hmm. we're still getting getting these huge mods and then someone made a big one for skyrim you know a few years back yeah like just hearing about these enterprises i guess you were talking about initially cheats and stuff and that got me the sims but that also led to that leads to mods and i kind of think this whole thing whole whole thing's connected um kind of just is about how you i guess it depends on how you view these things is it the goal to play the game how you want to or is it to get past the stupid hard stuff i guess with certain cheats just so you can they skip around or is it power trip for me the uh the walkthrough is me trying to get past a hard hard spot because i did look up two things in fallen order um because i find myself going to the internet after i've shouted out loud where do you want me to go yeah as soon as you're fighting the game designer or you're like i cannot get my head lined up with what you thought yeah and everything i think that should be working isn't working that's when it's like okay game designer what am i supposed to i, f- I feel like at that point the game designer would fingers. say well just look it up you dummy like <laughs> see the rest of my I, game please I, i'm sure yeah like just don't be frustrated look it up i'm sure that would be the case yeah this is that, that's uh, what i, I do it. but che- cheats is cheats is to summon a, a horde of uh ac cobra roadsters to go take down a castle that's power trip (laughs) i will say i looked up a a few things for cyberpunk but that was because i thought the game was glitched and i wanted to make sure it was a glitch that's fair or i was just missing something and it in most cases was like a waypoint glitch they were like check this thing out i'm like i've checked it out five times what is this and then i'll reload the game because it it didn't work (laughs) so yeah a few problems dude I'm going to go ahead and before we get too far from it, uh, the Fallout mod, mod that we're referring to is called um, uh, Fallout The Frontier. And it's there we go. it's mm-hmm. uh, based in sunny Portland, Oregon. Really? Yeah. What? Oh, wait, sunny. No, that was that was that was that was, that was the joke. joke. It's a yeah, blizzard like, ridden waste of Portland, else. Oregon. Yeah. OK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might have to play this. This might be a good return to New Vegas. 
Because this isn't Fallout 3. This isn't Fallout 4. This is New Vegas. Yeah, the, the best one. Content. Right. Yes. It's, it's the it's the N- NCR um, uh, versus like uh, old NCR. And it's got the uh, Kaisar's Legion. It's It's got the Crusaders of Steel. It's got all the stuff. It's 65 hours of content, they say. So. Yeah, it's insane. It, it's more New Vegas. Isn't that crazy? Yes, please. Yeah. So, I mean, we might all need to boot that back up again. It does require you to have four official DLCs. Oh, you need all the deal. Actually, I think I have the full New Vegas DLC content. I never finished all of it. Which is awesome if you do. I've never played the game, so I wouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) Do I need to play the games at my next game? I would recommend probably playing New Vegas. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I probably could play it now and be just fine. That's the the best of them. It's not glitchy anymore, so. Yeah. Well, when it came out, I wasn't. uh, I think it was around. When did it come out? Oh, no. I was in between. It was sometime not that far after three because it was made. What year? I need help with year. Uh, yeah. I didn't play the Fallout franchise at all. Sorry, I want to say two thousand and five, but um, I'm not as. I also didn't play the internet. I was still on three. So I was start. I wasn't away from shooters, but I didn't really play shooters in high school very much. Or and it would have looked like a just a straight shooter to you at the time. Yes. And so I didn't get back into them until actually the last four or five years. Well, Hachi Machi is 2010. Oh, it's not what? that old. Really? Yeah. Fallout. Okay. Fallout's only uh, 10, 10 years old because it was October of 2010. It released in North America. Wow. Well, then, yes. Smack dab right at the end of high school I, for me. I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't know if that game looked all that good for 2010 then. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a visual juggernaut but that that was never the point for me i can still replay this game because not because it looks good it looks legible like you can see everything (laughs) you can 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 imagine (laughs) yeah it can get you there There, and it has less of that that chaff that the you know ps3 and xbox 360 had some chaff but it's really this newest uh generation that we're leaving the cleanest of the what do you play this on is this computer i i have it on steam yeah okay i just that's i would assume the best place to play so you can do the mod yeah it yeah that that's the right answer because it's also on ps3 and and 360 which i play on 360 simply because i own it on that Mm -hmm. yeah but um yeah you should if you're if someone's gonna buy it buy it for pc so you can do this frontier mod um well I did just finish a game. I am looking for my next big one to play. I would recommend if you're going to play one, New Vegas would actually be a really fun game. You might like it. Yep. And you know my what I'd like to play anyway. I think as long as you can figure out a build that maybe gets past the what will be not the best shooting you've ever played in your life. I've played Apex. I understand. Wait, <laughs> was that it? Are you insulting Apex? No, I'm saying Apex is what we call the, oh, yeah, the top bar. tier, yeah, it's the, the bar, bar to yeah. hit. <laughs> a fun little aside, um, I was playing some original Halo. Oh, my uh, goodness. Mainly Halo 2. That's what we really started. I pulled yeah, out I watched the old this. Dusty 360 and plugged it in, and my cousin and I tried Halo 2. I might have mentioned this in the last podcast, but we play Apex together. Um on occasion and so i was like yeah let's try this like this is the original apex in my mind like this is the original high time to kill strategic Mm. fighting 
over shields, running away, rehealing. Was was that a groan I heard on your side, yes. Randy? Yeah, I really, I really like Halo too, but I don't. I know where this is going because I just no. I just it was it. we played about two minutes before he was like, "This is atrocious," and I was also because we were playing on we played on legendary, not well, the heroic or heroic, not legendary. Yeah, and you guys have to understand, his cousin is fifteen. Yes, so he's never played a Halo oh. in his life. So I was like, "Yeah, let's try it," and we'll start on two. That way, like, it's a little more updated, and then if you like, we'll go back or something. Again, we were, you know, only had a couple hours, so we couldn't. It wasn't like a kid. I could be like, we're going to play through the whole thing and you're going to like it. <laughs> no. uh, so we got like five minutes in and he was like, I can't. I can't do this. this is so bad. These controls are so bad. Let's go play Apex. <laughs> I, I will say Halo 2 anniversary player. is better so, to go back to. Is it, it like the, yeah. the maybe yeah, the anniversary editions in general? Are, yeah, it's they kind of like there's more to chew on updated. Yeah. Yeah. So. On top of that, though, like it was bad for me, but I'm on controller when I play Apex anyway, so it was a little more expected. He also, admittedly, is a PC player oh, with well, mouse and keyboard. That's that's the problem. So, but he was, I mean, it was, it was bad. Like he was having oh. the hardest time of his life, and he's good at games. So it was just, he was like, nope, bounced right off. Anyway, think, you know, that's. Oh, it's, I'm I'm gonna hope that he doesn't actually find this podcast because I'm sorry. One thing that's funny was I watched him and for a good five ten seconds, which is a long time in a shooter. Uh, he was getting shot at, and it's also Halo Two with the enemies. Like it was a, I think it was an elite that was shooting at him, so decently fast shooting, but not the fastest for kill time. And I just watched his shield strain, and he does play Apex, and I think Halo Two did have like. The t- tells you where you're getting shot from, and he just didn't figure it out. And he's like, I have no idea where I was nope. getting shot so, from. So, another excellent place where video games are just better now is mm-hmm. modern games have cleaner, stronger UI elements for indicating where damage comes from. They have better sound design towards yeah. indicating mm-hmm. just spatially. You know, the audio system in the game is better at telling you where sound is coming from. Um, across the board also we're playing split screen so the audio is garbage because he's also hearing me getting shot in the back mm-hmm. but you're right it was it's hard you have to like pay attention to a lot on the screen and it's not as focused in the center like you've got to your eyes have to dart all over the place a lot more yeah but anyway about- that was uh you should play new vegas so Aaron. i think you'll like it okay play new vegas i i'm in the middle of a replay now uh i oh. you know i'm I'm about a third through the main story now. Um, How many hours is the main story? Main story, I'd say for your first time through 25. Is is that what you said, James? Would I extend that? Uh, Aaron would probably be 45. I think that you would, I mean, you might really like it and then go through every single little area and explore it to death, but... If you somewhat keep up with where the main story is telling you to go and only occasionally get distracted, it's probably 35 to I mean, 40. I, I love my side quests. Oh, then yeah. then it's it's not going to be 20. 25 is... That's why I asked for what's the main story expectation. I know I like my side quests. I know it. that is not going to be the time I should yeah. expect for myself. Yeah, you could do it in 25. You will do it in 45, yeah, probably 40, 40 to fifty. You you won't you won't yeah, get much below that, but like twenty five is the minimum it takes to go through enough content to be mm-hmm. properly leveled. Yeah. It's so easy to be over leveled uh, as far as actual like uh, combat goes. 
Um, yes, you'll you'll be I, you'll be low on things like science and computers and repair and speech, that sort of stuff. But it's really easy to just become <laughs> a a monster. So, I'm the person who will put who will have fun putting eighty to hundred hours into a single game. This is the game for so, you. So I like these kinds of games. I've I've played Horizon Zero Dawn three separate times. I need to do a fourth run soon because I'm at, before the new one comes out. But um, it'll really come down then to if combat stands up. Okay. But you can if the combat is really really rough. You might bounce off. But of you it. can rip through it after after about ten hours. You can start not cheating but doing kind of low hanging fruit quests and upgrading your weapons and stuff and to become really powerful yeah and don't do survival mode that's no fun you got to drink water and sleep and stuff it's no good um for your first time through at least but i bet if you got it on pc you got some texture pack mods um not to go into the whole mod thing because we're already running late but um (laughs) like if you get some texture packs to help visually kind of bring mm-hmm. it into 2013 2015 kind of visuals uh i would say it'd probably be easier because it's they call it a wasteland game because it it's very barren there's very little detail which it's very brown yeah and they're it's very very brown yeah very very reddish brown very uh central oregon dust okay um but yeah if you if you update some of that i think you guys would probably play through because you can kind of play it as a team game if you choose. Uh, I kind of want to watch not 50 hours of it, though. No, but you could probably (laughs) pop in and help with certain things. There's a certain robot. You're assuming that my computer has the space to add a whole new big game to it. Room-wise. Oh, well, Uh, what? Eight eight gigs with all the mods and all of the extra stuff is probably like eight gigs. Yeah, this is... 2010 so it's probably at most with everything stuffed in it a 20 gig game probably a 10 gig game okay yeah i mean if you already they, own they it i kind of just won't play now. on your your computer i'll be honest yeah, no, that's, yeah play it on <laughs> and yours. not buy it for my but there's also there's some really good dlc and if you look up just like when to play the dlc there's some really good like when to insert them into your mm-hmm. game so that you're playing them at the appropriate time some are oh, yeah. late game some are mid game um okay so That's mods, a suggestion to good thing. all of you out there yep. if you haven't played New Vegas. I mods in general are good. Recommend good. from yep. pretty much all of us. Che- cheating is fine as long as it's not online. Don't don't I will say, cheat with other people and you're fine. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Warning to anyone who plays, the beginning is slow. I remember always being very tired of that first town. It just is a little too long to get out of. It, it's two hours, but it's, it's it? not that bad. It's really not. Stillwater or something. I don't know. I always maybe it's because I've played the intro to that for like three or four times. But we we've slogged through de- strandings in intro. <laughs> yeah, it's like twenty hours. <laughs> but that had nice cutscenes in there to you know string me along. But it still took eight hours to get into like the actual like the main part of the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's fair. And it was like two hours of cinematics before we got into gameplay at all. Yeah, that's fair. And then, admittedly, <laughs> when I played Warframe, it took 40 hours to finish the tutorial in that game. So, Yeah, yeah. So If you count the... So two hours is nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to get cheesy Just here. Just a warning. And uh, when you're playing uh, Fallout, there will be a night where it's way too late and you will... 
you will say just another side quest and then I'll go to bed. Yep. Yep. I've done that with <laughs> pretty much every RPG I've ever played. Yeah. But I mean, so I this is very bad. Why do you, that's why we're just another side quest. Yes. We do the same thing on this podcast. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just a little bit. One more topic. Just one more story. What? One more. <laughs> one more anecdote. One more game to talk about. Speaking of. Legends <laughs> <laughs> of got me. Moontera. I did. Okay, I, I'm sorry, but we, I got, no, we, we got no. someone playing that game because of our podcast. Really? Oh, yes, so our coworker has been listening to us, and now he's playing with me. Hey, I, I've been playing. playing. I am. I've played about twice as I've doubled my hour count on it. Wow! Hmm. I'm still with the Demacia deck, though. I am just game after game after <laughs> yes, game, and awesome. trying to get really good at just that before I move to mm-hmm. the next one. Yeah, no, no. If you can get used to your mechanics mm-hmm. and your deck of cards, I mean, it's like any other builder or you know deck builder yep. mm-hmm. just get really familiar with what you're gonna draw out of your deck and what you're looking for. i'm learning that's, every that's game I, I learn something and now when i open packs it takes forever for me to open because they give you free cards all the time it takes me forever because i actually read them and like think about mm-hmm. how i could incorporate Smart. it and nice mm-hmm. and i think about the cards i got earlier when i play another game i'm like oh, i wonder if this would help me here and trying to get, you know, what's an edge case and what's going to be more more common and what I want to pull out of the deck that I have now. I haven't monkeyed with any of that yet, but uh, no, this is what we aren't supposed to do. Sorry, yes, that's true. <laughs> if you want I was actually really about to call it off. <laughs> Legends of Runeterra content, if you're getting into the game and you're like, I'm curious and I do want to watch somebody play or talk about the game, Mogwai on YouTube is very enjoyable and entertaining to mm-hmm. watch. He does a lot of deck building um one or two every uh, day or every other day so highly recommend i think mega mogwai just try and spell that in a few different ways when you're on youtube well two two weeks on youtube two weeks from now we will be talking about hopefully uh your final thoughts on cyberpunk and i'm sure we're going to talk legends next time we have to a little bit yeah and that's i haven't i've been purposely trying to only put single player time into cyberpunk mm-hmm. and anytime my friends are on it's apex but yeah nothing else yeah i so admittedly i, like I haven't been playing as plate. much since the new uh patch so i'm only just starting to get really yeah, dive into the like new to, cards again yeah i want to get into the some of the new yeah decks, and i'll, I'll, I'll we'll finish i'll finish about. call of seas so we, we got we got a lot to uh, talk about on the next one too i'm looking forward to it thanks for coming on yes. again guys i missed this yeah, yeah it's been it's been so long. So long. Um, yeah. So all the all the normal things. Um, uh, we've heard a little bit from from some uh, from some fans, uh, but I really love hearing uh, feedback on stuff. It's uh, it makes me feel uh, like you know we can keep improving and keep uh, changing. And uh, like today was today felt very good to me. So please let me know how it sound it to everyone else um we're up to i think 21 22 episodes of this now i think 21 this time i can't remember we had about when we looked over our list last time to see what were our yeah right like 20 21 our our 2020 2020. um episode was like the episode of the year was Mm -hmm. i was like i think there's about 18 or 19 episodes maybe 20 i can't remember cred I don't want 
I'm not going to go look at this. This is the 21st episode that we're on right now. Yeah. So we had Feels... our 20th was uh, at the end of 2020, huh? Yeah. 2020 know? ended on 20. Yeah. And the first one in 2021 is episode 21. Oh, that's perfectly tacky. I don't think that's going going to happen again, boys. <laughs> no, well, we'll just wait 10 years to <laughs> to, to, to do 10 more episodes. One yeah, a year from now we'll on. A, that's what we'll do. Kay. A decade break. See you guys next year. <laughs> next year. Yeah.